Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Now, I'm not talking about being odd or arrogant or courting persecution or causing problems that we bring upon ourselves. No, I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about standing up for what's right in a loving way and being able to speak the truth in love and wisdom and being able to be salt and light to the community and to be able to speak the word of truth as God called us to. In today's message, we're faced with a bit of a challenge. Pastor Ed reminds us that we're people living temporarily in a sinful world, but looking to our eternal home in a sinless place. We must live a life set apart from our current habitat, but still interact within it. However, this means that we can't just sit back and let sin happen and say nothing. We should also not simply spout Bible verses and condemn every person of the world for their wrongdoing. Instead, we must approach sin and sinners as Jesus did, with love. Now here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 with his continuing study entitled, Heavenly Citizens. Christians need to be consistent. The same at home as they are at church the same in church as they are at work. There needs to be a congruency in all places, at all times, in all ways that we're not different outside the church. When the preacher comes to visit, people take the Bible out of the closet, dust it off, put it on the end table, take some other magazines and put them off somewhere else. As Christians... There ought to be a consistency about our life. In the journey of faith, men and women have served as mothers in the Lord, fathers in the Lord, encouraging you. If they're taken off the scene, if something happens and there's a distance between you and them, that shouldn't affect how you live. You should live a Christian life, a godly life, following the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all that's within you. That's what Paul is saying. Be consistent about your Christian life. Uh, Oftentimes, we forget there's a great cloud of witnesses, and we're in this arena of faith. We're fighting the good fight of faith, and they're watching They're cheering us on. Those who have gone on before are, we're connected with them in some mysterious way. As they're cheering us on, we ought to be taking up that mantle, taking that baton and going forward in the kingdom, doing God's will, God's way. That's what Paul is encouraging them to be consistent, faithful through all the journey. Some people start off in the fire, they're saved and they're zealous and they're going on for God. But as the years go by, as the trials come into their life, as difficult times come before them, they slow down in their pace, they weary and they finish badly. We want to finish well the race set before us. We want to run with that first love, that zeal, that determination to do the will of God and to finish strongly. How are you running? How are you fighting the good fight of faith? Ah, do it with all your heart, all your strength, all your might. It's wonderful to see Christians 
Year after year, follow the Lord. Trial after trial, follow the Lord. So disheartening to see once someone who walked with God, and then years later, you see that they're not what they once were. Paul is saying, be consistent. Be faithful. All through the race. But he's not only saying be consistent, he's saying cooperate. Cooperate. Then whether I come and see you only or hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Uh, What he's saying here is that there should be a team spirit. He's using athletic terms. He's using, also there's some nuance of a military term. Fight together, work together. What happens is Christians sometimes do the wrong thing. They fight each other. Ah, they fight each other over the color of the rug. Or the song service, this song or that type of music. They they fight each other over uh, all sorts of things. And it diffuses the strength of the church. It diffuses the ability of the church to make a difference. We all have our preferences. We all have our likes and dislikes. But Paul the Apostle was saying to the church at Philippi, he said, put those aside. Stand together. One spirit, one heart, one mind. Fighting the battle. We have to focus on the real enemy. The real enemy is Satan. The real enemy is the enemy of your soul. The real enemy is the one who's deceiving the world, sending it to hell. Recognize where the enemy is. You know, it's, it's, it's so frustrating at times when the church forgets what the battle is. We need to be a voice to our culture, a voice of justice that deals with the injustices of society, a voice that deals with the moral problems of society, a voice that speaks out to the culture and is a conscience. And even though the society may not like that and may not agree with that, still, that's our call, to be prophetic, not pathetic. We're not called to just be in seclusion and cloister and go into some place of seclusion. We're called to stand forth with the Word of God, preaching the truth of God battling and fighting we're in a battle we're in a fight we're in a spiritual struggle when the church of philippi was founded it was founded in the fires of trial paul was thrown into prison silas was thrown into prison they were beaten Uh, the church was still going through very difficult times there's a story about how in rome during the gladiator fights One of the men who was there was a Syrian monk named Lamorous. Lamorous saw these gladiators fighting. He became so disturbed by the bloodshed that he ran down from the stands, he ran down uh, onto the field, and he protested. And the people were angry. And so someone took a spear and they threw it at him. And it went through him and killed him. But four months later, the gladiator games stopped 
And one of the contributing factors was this man's willingness to protest, willingness to speak about the wrongs of society. So Paul talks about courage. In verse 28, you see, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Now that word frightened means spooked. It's a word that's used for horses when the horse gets frightened by an animal on the side of the road or sees something that distracts it and it rears up on its hind feet. He said, don't be frightened. Persecution was before them. Difficulties were ahead of them. But yet, they were to be the type of people who would not be quiet, who would not shut up. This was the first church in Europe. And they met persecution. I think of how in the Roman culture, in the Roman emperor, when he wanted to take someone's life, he would put his thumb down. Did you ever see the movies where they display that? If he wanted to spare their life, he put his thumb up. I believe what our culture is doing now is this. No, we don't want a Christian witness in the educational institutions. No, don't bring Christianity into politics. Don't bring it into the public square. It belongs in your private life. Go in some closet there and practice your Christianity. In the book of Acts, Peter and John were bold. But the Sanhedrin was upset because they were preaching Jesus. I'm going to read to you from Acts 4.17. Here's the Sanhedrin speaking. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. That's what we hear in our culture, in our society, in our time. I don't know if any of you saw the interview on CNN of Palin. Well, I couldn't believe they mentioned that she attended years ago an Assembly of God church. Those are the type of people that speak in tongues. Well, maybe if some of them knew anything about church, the majority of Christians speak in tongue in the world. The majority of Christians worldwide are charismatic Pentecostal. They may not be a part of the charismatic Pentecostal movement, but they pray in the Spirit. So some of them would attend church more regularly. They might know that it's not something odd. What about Ben Stein? When he had the movie Expelled, and he exposed the attitude in our educational institutions that are so anti-God, to think that God could be involved in this creation, to think that there are holes in the theories of evolution. Beloved, the culture again and again, and Christians are buying into it. Thumbs down. Don't speak up. Don't say anything. Let me just read to you from an article called Unwelcome on Campus. It was published 51807. The Institute for Jewish and Community Research surveyed 1,200 professors from a cross-section of colleges. 
seeking their attitude toward various religions. The research was originally aimed at gauging anti-Semitism. But something else was discovered. The professors stated that they had positive feelings towards Jews and Catholics. But 53% said they possessed unfavorable feelings towards students who were evangelical Christians. There is a bias. There is. Paul the Apostle said there would be. Anybody who's going to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus himself said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Now, I'm not talking about being odd or arrogant or courting persecution or causing problems that we bring upon ourselves. No, I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about standing up for what's right in a loving way and being able to speak the truth in love and wisdom and being able to be salt and light to the community and to be able to speak the word of truth as God called us to. We're reminded by Paul that our citizenship is in heaven, and I care more about what heaven thinks than what the world thinks. I care more about God's opinion than the world's opinion. Don't be afraid to carry your Bible to school or to work or to put it on your desk. Don't be afraid To stand up and be able to say, I'm a virgin. I don't believe in immorality. I don't believe in fornicating. Any dog could go and do that. Don't be afraid to declare the exclusive claims of Jesus Christ that there's no other name whereby men must be saved by the name of Jesus only. For Christians for 2,000 years have proclaimed that message and they haven't stopped and they haven't... They haven't in fear cowered and ran. We need to be bold. Listen to Acts 5.41. This is scripture. The apostles went out of the high council overjoyed because they had been given the honor of being dishonored on account of the name. When's the last time you've been dishonored Because you've honored the name of Jesus. If you honor the name of Jesus in this culture, you will experience persecution. You will experience the anger of others. The Bible teaches that we ought to be consistent, that we ought to cooperate with one another. Don't fight each other. We're fighting the wrong enemy. It's it's Satan. It's the evil one who's trying to deceive the world. There ought to be courage in our hearts that we stand up for what's right and true. And lastly, you see the privilege of heavenly citizenship. Verses 29 to 30. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We're in the struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Notice in the text... The privilege of believing. There are billions of people. And so few of them know Christ. There are millions that have never heard the good news of the gospel. Yet you've heard about Jesus. 
Yet you've opened your heart. Yet you have the privilege of sitting in a church, of worshiping God, of opening a Bible, of reading and praying. It's a privilege. You've been chosen by God, selected by Him. Of all the people that people the planet, you've been chosen. Don't waste that privilege. Don't waste that opportunity. Don't squander what God has given you. I think about the text, verses 27 to 29, that quote I had. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. It is a battle. We are striving. We are working. We are battling. For to you has been granted on behalf of Christ to believe on him. Wow. What a blessing to know the Savior. What a blessing to be called his son, his daughter. What a blessing to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Don't treat those privileges lightly. Don't squander your life on that which is vanity. And he talks about something that we don't think about, the privilege of suffering. In verses 29 to 30 again, the end part of verse 29, but also to suffer for him. That word granted is graced. God's graced you with salvation. God's graced you with the privilege of suffering. Wow. He's given you a privilege to be identified with his son, to be identified with Paul the apostle, to be identified with those like Daniel who refused to compromise. I want to read to you from John Oros, who spoke in February 2001 to the Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary. And he spoke about his experience in Romania during the communist era. Listen carefully to what he says. During communism... Many of us preached and people came at the end of the service and they said, I decided to become a Christian. We told them, it's good that you want to become a Christian, but we would like to tell you that there is a price to be paid. Why don't you reconsider what you want to do? Because many things can happen to you. You can lose and you can lose big. A high percentage of these people chose to take part in a three-month catechism class. At the end of this period, many participants declared their desire to be baptized. Typically, I would respond, It is really nice that you want to become a Christian, but when you give your testimony, there will be informers here who will jot down your name. Tomorrow the problems will start. Count the cost. Christianity is not easy. It's not cheap. You can be demoted. You can lose your job, you can lose your friends, you can lose your neighbors, you can lose your kids who are climbing the social ladder. You can even lose your life. And then he says, let me tell you my joy. When I looked into their eyes, and their eyes were in tears, and they told us, if we lose everything but my personal relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ, it is still 
worth it. It is still worth it. It really is about serving God. It really is about living for Him. It's not about acquiring. It's not about gaining the things of this present life. It's about using every opportunity we have to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. We were created to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And He does give incredible joy even when you sacrifice for Him, even when you're willing to make choices that are difficult, even when you stand up in the culture and you're labeled a bigot, you're labeled narrow-minded. I think if we would change the appeal to accept Christ. So many times people are under the impression if they accept the Lord, oh, life is going to get easy. It's all going to be a bed of roses. It's all going to be just, you know, smooth sailing. No, 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 no. If you follow Jesus, you have to take up a cross. If you follow Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. If you follow Jesus, it involves suffering. If you follow Jesus, you have to go against the tide of the culture. If you follow Jesus, you'll be laughed at at times. You'll be mocked at times. You'll be ridiculed at times. You'll feel like a square peg in a round hole because we don't fit in this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We have to live, though, a life worthy of the gospel. Help us to awaken out of our lethargy, out of our sleep, and remember what it's all about. It's about following Christ. It's not about more money in the bank account for me. It's about getting the gospel out. It's not about becoming materialistic. It's becoming a soldier of the cross, living for him and him alone. We need people that will rise up and stand in unity and say, my citizenship is in heaven, and whatever the cost, I will pay it. Like Christians that have gone before us, who were willing to spill their blood, to pay with their lives. We need men and women who will say, we'll serve no matter what. I read a testimony about a preacher who was being persecuted in one of the countries where it's a crime to be a Christian, and he was threatened by the authorities, if you're a Christian and you continue to preach and minister, we'll take your life. He said, that's fine, go ahead. He said, I've preached, and there are thousands of tapes around our nation. And if you kill me, those tapes will multiply a thousand times over. As people say, here's the man who's been martyred. Here's the man who's been killed. Go ahead. Yet, so tenaciously, we hold on to every bit of our lives. Now, I'm not saying that we're to be foolhardy, but I am saying that Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you lose it. But if you lose your life for him, you find it. To be a follower of Christ means you will be willing to be different. You will be willing to pay a price. God help us to be the men and women he's called us to be. And he will help us. 
Commonly called the Book of Joy, Philippians is a powerful book to Christians. This book exhorts us to have joy in the midst of trying times, to be united as Christians by our head, Jesus Christ, and to be people with testimonies in our communities that are known to be honorable. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through the book of Philippians. This 19-part series will certainly encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Perhaps today's message sparked a thought in your mind, an area in your walk with Jesus where you need to grow. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join us as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of Philippians right here on Voice of Faith.